Welcome back to the second episode of the Revision Bytes podcast for GCSE Computer Science. I'm Mrs James and we're going to be going through each topic within the spec in the order it appears in the J276 specification. If you haven't already, I highly recommend you go grab a copy, go and Google it and use that as your roadmap for what you need to learn. It's all very well using the textbooks and revision guides, but they often contain extra information that they add as background reading around the subject, which you don't actually need to know for the exams. So why bother reading it, right? So the first topic we're going to look at is the function of the CPU. You should be aware of the structure of a computer system, that a computer system has inputs, it performs some kind of processing, and it produces an output. You should also be aware that often this processing utilises some sort of storage system. For example, an Xbox is a computer system. The inputs are the buttons on the controller and the outputs are the screen and the speakers. The storage is the hard drive of the console, or you could argue that the Microsoft servers also act as storage. Both the programs and the data that they act on are stored in the same memory. This is known as von Neumann architecture, and it's the most common type of architecture. This sort of high-level knowledge is useful, but I have yet to actually see a question appear on this in the exam. The sort of question you might get is to describe what the role of the CPU is inside the computer system. The CPU stands for Central Processing Unit, and every computer system has one, including your phone, the dishwasher, a microbit, a Raspberry Pi, and your computer. Um, its role is to perform all the instructions within the system. It is effectively the brains of the computer. And you can write that in the exam. If you're stuck, just think of the CPU as being the brains of the computer. These instructions are what programs are made of, and they're broken down into a three-step cycle. Fetch, decode and execute. You will need to know that. Step one, the instruction is fetched from the RAM or memory. Step two, the instruction is decoded by the CPU so it can understand what the instruction is asking it to do. Step three, the instruction is executed by the CPU, i.e. the instruction is run. Now there's actually a th fourth instruction, step four, which is the whole cycle repeats again. Often students forget to mention that this, the whole cycle is a repeating cycle. Common mistakes in questions about the fetch, decode, execute cycle are that the students talk about fetching data from storage, which isn't quite right. Make sure you say fetching instructions from the RAM to get the full points. And be clear that the cycle is continuous. This cycle is repeated billions of times per second, which is measured by the clock speed. The clock speed is measured in gigahertz, where one gigahertz is one billion cycles per second. Obviously, increasing the clock speed allows the CPU to process more fetch, decode, execute cycles per second. So this allows the programs to execute faster. This is one of the three ways that the performance of the CPU can be improved. We'll look at the other two in a later episode. You will also need to know about the components inside the CPU. Now, this is usually the part where the students start to panic 
as the names of these components can seem confusing. My advice is to simply learn the definitions and move on. Also, be aware that if you simply Google CPU registers, there are loads of them out there and that will confuse you. You only need to know the ones that I'm mentioning here. Firstly, you need to know what a register is. A register is a small piece of superfast memory that, in this case, is stored inside the CPU. There are other registers and they are effectively pigeonholes for data and instructions. In fact, the whole of the primary and secondary memory is made up of registers. These are just like pigeonholes and each one has a unique address. In the first step of the fetch decode execute cycle, the CPU fetches an instruction write. But where does it get it from? The RAM, yes, but where in the RAM? The first thing the CPU needs to know is where to get that first instruction. The address of the first instruction is stored in a register called the program counter. This is then sent to the memory address register, which holds the address of the data or instruction it needs to retrieve from memory. So that's two registers you need there. The program counter, which stores the address of the next instruction or the first instruction, if it's the first time it's run. And then the second one is the memory address register, which holds the address of the data or instruction it needs to retrieve from memory. Okay, These are often um, shortened to PC, program counter, or MAR, memory address register. Okay, The CPU yet then uses the address that's in the MAR to fetch the instruction from the RAM, and then it stores the information it's just fetched back into the memory data register, or MDR. Meanwhile, the CPU has updated the program counter to the next address, I'm oh, sorry, the next instruction of the address it needs to fetch. So it's ready to know where to get the next instruction as it goes into its next cycle. The only other register you need to know is the one called the accumulator. This register holds the result of any calculations on data or the data itself if it's just been fetched. I like to think of it like a chopping board, <laughs> and that's where the main working out or construction takes place. Although I don't actually think you can use the word chopping board in the exam, but if it helps you visualise it, that's quite a good one. So those are the three registers you need to know about, sorry, four registers, <laughs> program counter, memory address register, memory data register, and the accumulator. So these are places where information is stored. There are three other components that you also need to know about inside the CPU. There is the control unit, or CU, and this sends signals to control how the data is moved around the CPU. If you want to visualise this, you can imagine a conductor in an orchestra that's telling what registers and what components need to do next. The ALU is another component. This stands for Arithmetic logic unit and this performs all of your maths operations or your logical operations so any kind of adding or comparing that's the ALU's job and the last component is one called the cache now the cache we'll come back to because there's a little bit more to learn about it but the key thing you need to know this is super fast memory or registers that are stored close to the CPU that allow you, allows the CPU to store frequently used instructions and data. And that's all you really need to know for this part of the topic. Okay? 
If you want a bit more clarity, then I really recommend going and looking at the Craig and Dave video on YouTube. It's, about, it's called Von Neumann Architecture, and they talk through it in a really nice, simplistic way with pictures. Um, it's only a seven-minute video, so that's quite helpful. Or if you want to actually have hands-on interactive go at the Fetch Decode Execute Cycle, then the Peter Higginson LMC simulator is really good. Just go and Google Peter Higginson LMC and it comes up. Do be aware, though, some of his registers are named slightly different. So that was a bit of a whistle-stop tour through the function of the CPU, but hopefully it's clarified just the bits you need to know to get you through exam questions. Obviously, if you need to know a little bit more, there's loads of resources in textbooks or, like I say, Craig and Dave videos, and there are plenty of other videos on YouTube, but do stick to the ones that mention just the registers that I've mentioned here, okay? Right, I will see you next time when we talk about the next parts of system architecture, which will be how we can improve the performance of our CPU and what we can do with some of the other components, like the cache. Okay, until next time.